welcome to season three, episode two seventeen of Brody Sports Talk. My name is Derek Rusnick, and we're getting down to it. This is our twenty twenty two Brody fifty, and we are going through players. 20 through 11. Today we are joined by a special guest, and that's going to be Zach Conger from Clutch Crew Sports. Zach, how you been? How you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, happy to be on the Brody 50 this year, and I'll actually get to see if uh, Caleb does his his voice each, you know, I want to see how that is. Uh, you know, we're doing this over camera, so I, 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 you know, get special access to this now. Real excited about that. How can the folks reach reach out to you and your podcast? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on Twitter at Guacfo Life, G U A C F O L I F E. I feel like sometimes I need to spell that out because it's not the most uh, the easiest thing to translate. But yeah, reach me out on Twitter. I'm happy to talk there. Our YouTube channel's got a lot of additional sports content on there, so we we do a weekly podcast, but lots of other things like you know over unders and games, hockey, basketball, different stuff coming in the future as well. Well, great! I will personally attest that you do have to leave the R off when you are typing in Guac for Life because I almost tweeted uh, at a a woman the other day. Uh, <laughs> When I was trying to agree with what Zach was talking about on a on a tweet, and I was trying to, and I looked down like that's not his avatar, that's a female, and uh, or a female presenting avatar. Uh, I don't know. I didn't look at the picture beyond like, nope, that's not Zach. So uh, definitely interact had, with him. I, I'm going to look at this right now on Twitter. I've had this username since like 2014 when I first signed up with Twitter. But I'm curious to see who this imposter is. Yeah, so I uh, it definitely gave me someone other than 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 you. But he is a very good file follow on Twitter and a very interactive person. I want to talk about another interactive person, uh, and that's my uh, co-host, and that's going to be Caleb Walgren. Caleb, same question to you: How are you doing? How you been? It is a good day. We're doing the Brody 50. We're getting close. Uh, it's not the final countdown. That's next week. But we're getting closer, and I'm loving every minute of it. So anytime we can sit here and look forward to the football season, uh, this is really my zone. So I'm happy happy to go through this today. And is your Twitter handle any easier to spell than Zach's? Yes, it's uh, KDIGS74, K-D-I-G-G-S-74. And I will personally attest that I've never tried to misspell that one. Uh, but I also don't tweet at him much. I tweet, tweet at, uh, at Brody Talk on our Twitter account. I use that one to tweet generally toward his general direction uh, more than anything else. So let's uh, dispense with the pleasantries. Um, let's get down to battle. Uh, let's argue a little bit about... The Brody's 20 through 11. I'm going to start this off with uh, and maybe Cheetah a little bit a uh, on telling everybody who this is. And it's going to be Tyreek Hill, um, the former Kansas City Chief, now Miami Dolphin. 
um, who clearly needs his head examined, um, needs a psychological exam because he believes Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Um, okay. Uh, Tyreek Hill is one of the fastest players in the league, always gets open, and um, if he does get fined, it's because he throws up that peace sign as he's passing defenders. So uh, I, I have been a, I have watched a lot of, of Chiefs fans because I have Chiefs fan friends. Also, they also beat the Denver Broncos a bunch, so I watch those games and cry. Uh, so before I start tearing up here, I'm going to move over to Caleb first. Um, what do you think about Tyreek Hill? Uh, first, just imagine that this was said like a minute ago. Brody number 20. Okay. So, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I I do think that it is one of those things where Tyreek came in lower this year than he did last year. It is because he's on the Dolphins. Uh, I don't think that we know exactly what to expect between him and Tua as far as chemistry. Can he make an offense better? I think we can all say yes. He didn't look the same when Alex Smith was his quarterback. I don't know I can say that for strong certainty. Is Alex Smith better than Tua? Okay, that might be going a little too far. Um, But Alex was a number one overall pick and Tua wasn't. So uh, anyway... I think that Tyreek Hill gets his due. I think that he is very difficult to tackle. And he's as electric as a wide receiver as Devin Hester was as a returner. It's just that he actually is good at offense, unlike Devin Hester. So Tyreek Hill, happy to have him on the list. Uh, If you've got a need for speed, I'm sorry that he's only here at number 20. Uh, he's not one of the, we can't reference like, like a fast, maybe fast and furious will end up getting 20 movies at some point, but, uh, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Zach, what do you, what do you have to to add here about Tyreek? Yeah. Going to be, going to be a real good player this year. Like he always has been, but I do think his production will, uh, go off a bit just with the quarterback change. It it is going to be fascinating though, because that's the thing, like, we're all going to be seeing who is, you know, did Tyreek, is he, why Mahomes is so good. If Mahomes struggles is, you know, if, if Tyreek Hill does bad, are we going to be like, oh, he's just, you know, a product of Mahomes. So a lot of interesting stuff going on, um, you know, to look at, you know, but, you know, like Caleb said, excellent at return game. He, he can get deep. The question is just going to be, is Tua going to be able to get him the ball deep because that's definitely not to his strength yeah i haven't seen that happen yet the, the video that i've seen out of practice uh, tyreek had to wait on it and uh so we're definitely going to have to see but let's go ahead and move on to brody number 19 zach go ahead and take this one all right so at 19 here we've got lamar jackson uh quarterback obviously of the ravens former mvp um, so he's got that on his title sheet, but Lamar, I think people are really underrating Lamar, you know, just cause some of the playoff losses he's had, I think regular season wise, he's going to have a great regular season. Um, I do like some of the moves that the Ravens did in the draft. Uh, they got him a center, 
a very good center. Uh, so, uh, you know, that that helps hit the offense a lot. I'm a big O-line guy. Not as big as Derek is with the O-line, but I do think it, it matters a lot. I was a big fan of Linderbaum. Um, but, yeah, I'm a big believer in Lamar. I think he's going to get a little bit better as a passer, and that's going to be why I ranked him as high as I did. Uh, Caleb, what do you think about Lamar? Where do you rank him amongst all the great young quarterbacks? Uh, first, Derek, I just want to say you're, or Zach, I want to say you're welcome because uh, I'm pretty sure I helped get you familiarized with Tyler Linderbaum a little bit early uh, <laughs> from last year when I said that the Jags should take him at number one overall. Uh, maybe not the most accurate thing I've ever said, but this is not about Linderbaum. This is about Lamar. And I do think that Lamar Jackson is a great young quarterback. I think he's a little bit lower than he may have been because of some injury concerns, some durability concerns. Uh, he did miss, I believe it was the last eight games last year with Tyler Huntley coming in. And the Ravens were not able to keep things the same. I mean, the Ravens had so many injuries last year and it just was not getting any better. We all know that he's going to find Mark Andrews. He's going to find Rashad Bateman as a new person to him. Then they should have the running game going stronger with J.K. Dobbins and Gus the Bus Edwards behind him. And anytime that the running game is going, it's way easier for him to get those read option runs going. And whether it was injuries on the O-line with Ronnie Stanley and like just everything that kind of could go wrong for the Ravens went wrong last year. Lamar, this is Lamar's revenge, I feel like, coming forward this year. And he is uh, ready to go crazy on the AFC North, especially now that Big Ben's not there. I think he wants to say that he is the quarterback to beat in that division. Uh, Derek, Derek, where are you at with Lamar? Yeah, go ahead, Zach. Yeah, I was going to ask Derek about like the contract situation. Do you think this is going to help or hurt his uh, case? Because... He's still on the rookie contract. He hasn't made any. It seems like he doesn't really want to negotiate. I remember I heard at one point he feels like he's not worthy of a new contract unless he wins a Super Bowl. Do you think the contract is going to play to his strength or weakness this season? I'm going to I'm going to go with a spicy take on this one. uh, Talking about that contract. I think the Lamar Jackson is the Aaron Rodgers of the of that side of the country. Now, why I say this is if either one of those quarterbacks goes out of that offense, they fall apart. Um, second of all, the Ravens are built as a, a a perennial contender. They are not a surprise team. Like, oh, the Ravens are in the playoffs. I expect the Ravens to always be up there in the competing for the North. If not winning the North, they're going to win a, a wild card. They're, they're constantly in the playoffs. And so teams like that all, can tweak their way into a Super Bowl win at times. The, the Packers are the same way. You know what you're going to get. They're going to always be in the uh, – they're always going to be in the playoffs. I mean – the Packers kind of have an easier road because they play the Lions and the Bears, which haven't been good since uh, the 80s. You know that's and, right. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the Vikings uh, would surprise me. So there's there's sometimes where Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl winners come out of nowhere. No fault to our uh, our co-host on assignment, but Sean's Eagles coming out and winning that Super Bowl under Nick Foles was a surprise. Last year's Rams, they put together a really good team, but pushing themselves to the point of – uh, of winning it that way, you know, they kind of bought a bunch of their stuff and kind of leveraged the future. They came, not came out of nowhere because they were in the Super Bowl a couple of years back, but they kind of surprised folks. I think the Ravens are constantly in that hunt and they only are a piece or two away from winning, winning it all. Lamar Jackson is going to get paid at some point. He's going to get paid like the player that he is. He's a former MVP. Um, he's the best player on his team, and they're going to, to they're going to figure it out sooner or later. I think that Lamar, by the time he retires, is going to have two Super Bowls at least. I think he's. I think they could find a way to do that. So, own personal opinions that I, that I think he's better than than uh, people are giving him credit for, and I think he deserves the money. Uh, Caleb, uh, I think it is now up to you for Brody number 18. You're muted, though. There we go. That's how skilled I am right now. I'm able to mute myself and unmute myself on occasion. You are right, though. We are at Brody number 18 as we talk about Micah Parsons, the linebacker extraordinaire for the Dallas Cowboys. It's difficult when you're doing these lists. Sometimes last year I was thinking about trying to get some rookies on. Uh, even when we were doing it this year, I was like, do we try to get uh, Trayvon Walker or an Aiden Hutchison on the list? But there's so much unknown to try to get a player like that into the top 50. Whereas Micah Parsons last year burst onto the scene, was an all-pro, defensive rookie of the year by pretty much everyone. Uh, I want to say that the AP1 might have been unanimous for him. Like, he just tore up the scene, 13 sacks across 16 games, and they didn't even rush him that much. They only did it some when some of their pass rushers were hurt. Tackling machine, just a pure athlete, really able to get it all done, and he's a beast. I, I wish that he was not on the Dallas Cowboys because that means I have to say good things about a member of the Dallas Cowboys. And... Uh, just double-checking here. Okay, so I didn't put my foot in my mouth like last week. He is the highest-rated Dallas Cowboy on this list, so that means I no longer have to talk about that team that has a one-star rating on their helmet uh, for the rest of this countdown. I will pass the baton, though. Derek, is that, uh, we'll go to you first. Anything you want to add here about Micah? Yeah, so Micah... Made the Cowboys watchable. Um, I, uh, you know, as our great guest host uh, did say earlier, I am a big offensive line guy. I'm also uh, a guy that likes defense, and so generally, I watch way too many Cowboy games because that's what's on in Oklahoma or Baker Mayfield and the uh, the Browns. 
Uh, but there's a lot of uh, uh, cowboy games, and it, he made it fun to watch. You you had to watch where he was at. You know they circled him, they they highlighted him, and uh, a lot of times when they highlighted him, he made a good play. So, um, yeah, I mean I, I think football comes down to not just the X's and the O's, but the O's and the O's in the stands. And so uh, Michael Parsons definitely is entertaining to watch. I'll uh, toss it over to Zach. Zach, do you have any thoughts on Micah Parsons? Yeah, uh, I, I'm a fan of him. Not as big of a fan as you guys are, though. I, I think with me, I definitely didn't consider any rookies for this list. I mean, this is the top 50 here we're talking about. Like, you know, that you can be good, but to be one of the 50 best players, and you know quarterbacks are going to take up like half the list for their position, but uh, he's going to be really good. I just don't know if he has the production and you know the numbers that he had last year were insane i i it's one of those things if i see it for a second consecutive year then i can be really sold on him but when there's other guys around this league that have been doing it that have a better resume in the professional league than him you know and i know we've got another second year player coming up on this list but he you know is something special as well uh, so not I'm not going to bash this or anything, but I do think it's a bit reactionary from this last season. Well, good point. Let's go ahead and move on to Brody number 17. Uh, the pass catcher for the plays he used to play for the Packers. He plays for the Raiders. Now let's move on. Let's go ahead and move on. We don't need to talk about any particular people that would break the hearts of two of the people that are on this uh, on this uh Dias of great wisdom. No, we're talking about Devontae Adams, the former Packer wide receiver, and now a Las Vegas Raider wide receiver. So he will be picked on by the Denver Broncos a whole bunch and will probably get his knees taken out from underneath him as much as they possibly can. Uh, he is a very good receiver. My uh, what I want to see is what he does outside of being tossed um, a ball by Aaron Rodgers. You know, is this Derek Carr is as good as Aaron Rodgers talk that he has uh, all foo foo or is this a, a an actual thing? I think Derek Carr is a good, a good, talented quarterback. But, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and, you know, He's going to be in, in a top 50 of all time, probably by the time he's done. So let's uh, let's go ahead and toss it over to the guy who's crying currently. Um, Caleb, it's okay. I'm, I'm so sorry I brought it up. But uh, do you have any thoughts about Devontae Adams? Um, I love Devontae Adams. Uh, I wish that he was not wearing a black jersey this coming year. Uh, but that is about where my feelings are. Uh, on not having him on the Packers. Uh, it makes me want to put on some black, uh, put on some early 2000s alternative music, uh, maybe listen to some gorillas or uh, some Evanescence and just uh, have have a really bad attitude about things. But uh, really, Devontae Adams, so underrated as a route runner. I'm really curious to see how they do their offense this year in Vegas because it's Josh McDaniels who sometimes likes to use two tight ends. You've got Darren Moeller. You've got 
Hunter Renfro, and you've got Devontae Adams. Do you really take Waller, Renfro, or Adams off the field, like at all, if you can help it? I I don't see how they do it. Someone has to be your go-to guy on third down. And if that's not Devontae Adams, there's a reason why he's higher on this list than he would have been last year or than he would have been if he stayed with Aaron. We just don't know that it's as much of a sure thing because I don't know if Adams is going to get fed in the red zone like he was in Green Bay. I don't know if Adams is going to get fed on third down like he was in Green Bay. It's not the same thing. Zach, what do you think? Do you think that Carr is going to lean on Adams, his old college teammate, or do you think that he's going to go with the guys he's known more in Oakland slash Vegas and Waller and Renfro? Yeah, it's it's not going to be as much as Green Bay. That's a guarantee. Um, you know, whatever injuries happen will be a factor. But Hunter Renfro is so good. Like, he, I'm continually impressed by him whenever I watch. Just, you know, the ultimate possession type receiver. And I saw people were, like, comparing the, the deal that he got to Cooper Cup and being like, this is pretty much comparable to the same player. All due respects to, you know, Cup, but... Cup's got better numbers. I know we're talking about Adams here. I, I think Adams is going to be really good. It's just when you look at him compared to other top receivers right now, it's I'm not sure there's one part of his game that I would rank as number one. This is the best that I've seen. You put all those factors of his game together, and he's definitely a top five receiver. But there's not that one that one thing about him that stands out to me that's like, this is he's number one at speed or something. So, uh, but I'm, I'm a big fan of the, of the player. Uh, Zach, I'll let you go ahead and uh, do the low voice on this one. Uh, but <laughs> I, I've got to spoil a little bit here because uh, if you don't remember Vanessa Carlton, you, you might know that I'd walk a thousand miles if I could just have this podcast together. Uh, <laughs> Zach, go ahead and, and introduce him. All right, I've been waiting to do this for a while. Brody number 16. I, you guys can discuss in the comments on this video how that was. But uh, 16, I've got my guy, Miles Garrett. Um, great, great uh, player for the Cleveland Browns. You know, you hope he doesn't get too emotional and get a helmet off the quarterback and use it as a weapon. Uh, you know, that can cause a suspension. But when he's on the field, I mean, he he is a game wrecker, huge, huge player for the Browns defense. I think, you know, he's the reason why the Browns last year, I think, were even in the playoff hunt because their offense was so bad. He was saving their defense and almost saved their season for him. Just the the ability to just take over a game, strip sack, fumble, you know, that's a major, major play in a football game. Those are the plays that win you games. I attribute, you know, he's a player that can win you games. Not many players in the league single-handedly can do that, especially if they're not a quarterback. Um, I've got him as my favorite pass rusher right now, probably in the league. I've, you know, been on more Team Garrett than Team uh, TJ Watt, who plays on the rival Steelers, but... Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts on uh, Miles Garrett and how good of a player is he? I want to kind of piggyback on your thoughts because they were so very good. Um, so a lot of times when you're at the end of a game, you are you're 
looking forward to your offense being out there. They can score a touchdown. They can kick a field goal. They can win the game in some way. I would not mind my defense being out there if Miles Garrett is is out there because I know that you're going to get the ball back quickly. He's going to get you know that strip sack. He's going to get that really good long sack where he's like dragging a guy back or, or chasing a guy back, and and the quarterbacks don't throw it away or don't uh, you know think they can make it or something like that. Miles Garrett makes you confused and makes you do stupid things. When you say he's big, he is a giant. Um, he he can he's got hops. He can play basketball, um, and he takes his shirt off. And there's just muscles upon muscles. I thought Aaron Donalds was was big, and and he was muscular. Miles Garrett is 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 a really really big guy, and he doesn't show that with his pads on per se. You know, like you standing beside other big guys, he. For a big guy, he moves so swiftly. So uh, I'm a, I am on the Miles Garrett bandwagon, and I would walk 500 miles, and I would walk 500 more uh, to watch Garrett play. Yeah, I'm older. I'm so I'm just gonna get like you. You want Vanessa Carlton? I want Proclaimers. But Caleb, go ahead and uh, tell me about Miles Garrett. I mean. Uh... Just in case you missed it from Zach earlier, breaking news, hitting someone with their helmet is a bad idea. Uh, don't, I don't want to bring that, that back up because it was Mason Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, your Oklahoma State Cowboy, Mason Rudolph. Uh, might be the reason why he doesn't win the starting job this year. Uh, probably among other things. Miles um, Garrett, he's great. Double-digit sacks, four years in a row. It feels like he hasn't been in the league that long. And when you think about it, some of his numbers are just crazy. In 2019, he had 10 sacks in 10 games. 2020, he had 12 sacks across 14 games. And then last year, he had 16 sacks in 17 games. Like, over the last few years, he's nearly averaged a sack a game. Like, most most players are not in that same discussion. And Miles Garrett just goes out there, gets the job done. He is the best player on the Browns defense with all due apologies to Denzel Ward, who probably should be higher than he was, but Miles Garrett is legendary for that reason. Should he have been higher than 16? I think we could make an argument for him, but I can say for the players that we have, uh, there's only one defender higher tonight uh, in this episode between 20 and 11 than Miles Garrett. But I'm going to go ahead and switch to the other side of the ball to someone who Miles Garrett probably likes to tackle, and that is Brody number 15. And that is Justin Herbert, or as my brother would say, Justin Bear, the quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, he's not a second-year player now. He's going to be hitting his third season. I'd like to see him clean up his act a little bit and – throw a little bit less interceptions than the 15 he tossed last year. But there's no denying that when people are thinking of the Chargers as a contender, they weren't there uh, when Tyrod Taylor was the starting quarterback of the Chargers, if you remember that, like two years ago. Uh, Justin Herbert has really kind of changed how people view that franchise, and as a result, how people view the AFC West as a whole. The AFC West is a a free-for-all this year. We've got 
Russell Wilson. We've got Derek Carr. Devontae Adams joined. Khalil Mack joined. Like the AFC West would be great anyway. And then you're going to have all of this firepower going up against the Chiefs. And I think Herbert is really the man who's best equipped to put up points that keep you in the ball game with Patrick Mahomes, whether it's scoring points early to get you ahead early or scoring points late to get a comeback. Herbert, I think is the best quarterback of the best offense outside of Kansas city. And he may have more stars with him this year with Tyreek being gone. So I'm excited to see what Justin does this year. I think we're going to see a, a bounce back to some of the even great numbers that we saw from him when he won offensive rookie of the year back in 2020. Um, I don't remember who I'm supposed to pass it to this time. I'm just going to pass it around. Go it's ahead. It's going to be to Zach this time. Okay, Zach, what do you want to say here about Justin Herbert? Yeah, I'm a big Herbert fan. Uh, can't say I was during the draft process. I wasn't that huge fan of him, but he's proved me wrong for sure. Uh, he had an incredible rookie season, and then this is what I was talking about with Parsons again. Is like I need to see it again. You know. 16 games isn't that much. We got 17 games now, but uh, he showed it to me again last year with his accuracy. I think things kind of fell apart at the end of the year for the Chargers. They didn't quite have, you know, the the, the certain factors that it takes to win games they're missing. But, and I think regardless of even if they make the playoffs or not, he's still going to be very, very good. He's going to be in the MVP discussion uh, for most of the year, I think. I don't know if he'll win the MVP, but he's going to be in the discussion, which that on its own grants you uh, a very good spot on this list. So I uh, can't say many more good things about uh, Justin Herbert or Howard Herbert. I, I, I don't speak French hey or whatever. Hey, Bear. Hey, Bear. Hey okay. Um, but Derek, uh, what are your thoughts about this uh, third year quarterback in L.A.? So, Zach, I need you to get out of my head. So, not a fan of you stealing my thoughts, stealing my ideas. No, uh, I, I am going to piggyback on your stuff again because it was my thoughts that I had earlier. So, along the same lines of the MVP conversation, I think uh, this year gives him a really good shot at winning the MVP because a lot of times what happens is you have these guys who are good enough to win the MVP, but there's not enough eyeballs on them. This year, the AFC West is going to have eyeballs on the television. You, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Those are the quarterbacks that some something exciting is going to happen. And that means there's a bunch of games that each of these uh, teams have. And there's going to be a, a slugfest when it comes to who's going to win that division. That means there's a lot of ESPN on them. There's going to be a lot of Fox Sports on them. And a lot of people are going to be watching those games. And there's going to be a lot of conversation that happens. And that's how you win an MVP, other than just being the best player who wears green. Um, that's how you win an MVP normally. You have people talking about you, and the media talks about you. I think that... Um, the the West teams are going to be 
uh, a hot topic of conversation this year, both NFC and AFC. Uh, and I think that Justin Herbert has, re- you know, if he puts up those numbers again, if he's consistent and like Caleb said, drop those interceptions down a little bit um, to get a, a two, a two and a half to three uh, touchdown to interception ratio. Um, you're looking pretty good at that point. So big, uh, you know, I, I think we're trifecta here, big fan of, of uh, the young quarterback. And I, I can't wait to see what he does in the future when he, he hits that stride around, um, you know, year five, year six, year seven, where he's solidified. He's got a team built around him a little bit more. He's got an established coach, stuff like that. Um, because starting off, he's done a pretty good job. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to Caleb. Is this our highest ranked uh, defensive player tonight? I believe we're, we're seeing yes. here. Okay, so Brody number 14. And that's going to be Jalen Ramsey, the cornerback for the Los Angeles Rams. So we are just hopping locker rooms across the field to SoFi Stadium. Uh, from the Chargers to the Rams. Um, yeah, so I, I know there's going to be a, a hot topic from one of our, our co-hosts here who has watched Jalen Ramsey in the past. So I'll just go ahead and get out my thoughts. Um, this He could be the, the best cornerback in the uh, in the league right now. Um, when he, I mean, he, he is going to get beat once in a while because people are going to come at him. But he is shutting people down. And, you know, you have a ring, you're going to be pretty happy about your your life. So let's go ahead and jump over to Caleb um, so that we can finish up with the big flourish, the, the fireworks at the end. Uh, Caleb, what do you think about Jalen Ramsey, cornerback for the Rams? I do think he's the best corner in the league, and I also think that he is the best player named Jalen in the league. I uh, just want to make sure I get that out there on the record. Um, Jalen Ramsey, you know, I don't know that I always love his personality or his attitude or how he kind of forced his way out of Jacksonville, but he's a playmaker. He's either making plays or sometimes getting burned by attempting to make plays. He had four picks last year. I think that was pretty solid. Forced a fumble as well. You don't see a lot of corners getting that done. Pro bowler. I, I just think that in general what he does, um, it's probably a younger version of a Patrick Peterson. I remember at one point I was like, Patrick Peterson is probably the best corner in the league when he was in Arizona. At least right now, Jalen is still young. We're talking about him being uh, turning 28 during the season this fall, still in the prime of his career. I think he's very deserving of his spot here in the Brody 50, especially here at number 14. Zach, we're here. Take it away, my man. All right. I can give you any sort of breakdown on Ramsey that you want. Um, but afterwards, just know, you know, I'm going to need some uh, some money for having to talk so glowingly about this guy. Um, so, you know, part of the anchor proceeds, Caleb, can uh, send them my way after this. <laughs> but uh, just all jokes aside, uh I, Ramsey's definitely the top corner. Like this is gonna pain me to to say this. I'll talk about his pros and I'll give why he's not the top ten on this list, in my opinion. But best corner coverage, he can do it. He can cover the best receiver on a team and he can shut them down. Um, and he he did that in Jacksonville. He's 
doing it now in L.A. Um, trash talk. It's a serious thing between the wide receiver and corner positions. Great trash talker. Uh, he gets in people's heads. He causes them to commit penalties. I remember in his Jacksonville days, he got, you know, A.J. Green ejected from that game. He made him completely lose it. You can watch the video on YouTube. It's it's crazy. But um, can trash talk anybody, can cover anybody. Phenomenal tackler. Um, you see mostly corners just, you know, doing soft tackles, you know, shove out of bounds, that sort of stuff. This He can lay the hit. He's known for his tackling. He was doing that all the way back at Florida State. Um, but the one thing, in my opinion, that drags him down a bit, and and this has always been the case, is he's not a good teammate. He is definitely not a good teammate. He puts blame on other people on his team, blames his coaches, uh, fellow teammates, referees, any sort of thing. He never owns his play if it's bad. Um, and that to me is the thing that, that drives me crazy with him. Cause he, you know, all these other things he's so good at, but that being a teammate, obviously I could do a rant about how he left Jacksonville, but, um, that's just to me, my thoughts on, uh, on Jalen Ramsey. Okay. That was, that was, that was a great, um, you did such a great job on the Jalen Ramsey. Let's go ahead and hear your deep voice again. Brody number. Pauses to look at screen. 13. <laughs> Didn't have it open there. Didn't know what number we were on. So Best uh, best one yet. Yep. Uh, so this is going to be Derrick Henry. Uh, you guys are just, you know, giving me all the uh, the Jaguars villains to talk about here. But uh, Derrick Henry, he's a uh, I, I don't mind him as much because he's, you know, he's actually from Jacksonville. He played high school, grew up here. So. It's one of those things like he takes his revenge for them not drafting him, I think. And that's why he always gets 200 yards a game against the Jags. But uh, to me, he's still the best running back in the league. People talk about Jonathan Taylor. I say put any running back behind that offensive line. You're going to get good results. Derrick Henry is the reason why the Titans are always in the playoffs in a threat in the playoffs. Um, it's one of those things that I don't care how good a defense is. I'm pretty much taking the Derrick Henry matchup in every circumstance, no matter what the defense is. The big question is going to be the injury, how he looks after the injury. I'm sure that's why people are going to drag him down. I see Caleb nodding his head, but to me, it's just his, the production he has and, and the, the, the play he, he's he's not a speed guy too so that's another thing where i think he can survive with the injury is you know he's just built so big so strong if he comes back and is that strength i think he's going to be fine he was never a uh you know speedy running back so it's not like he's losing quickness uh just so good i've watched him so many times just you know run through you know, not even holes because the Tennessee offensive line is not very good. Um, I, he won the uh, offensive player of the year two years ago. But Caleb, you were shaking your head earlier. So what do you think about the injuries in uh, Derrick Henry? Because I know you were very down on the Titans in last year's you know season predictions. You thought they'd have a terrible season. Uh, but what do you think about Derrick Henry? 
Um, I mean, Derrick Henry is great. And the question is always going to be, how healthy can he be? How healthy can he stay? It's somewhat ridiculous that you see them pile this gigantic load on him. So in the year that he really kind of broke out back in 2018 and had that 99-yard touchdown run against those uh, previously mentioned Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, just going to rub some more salt in the wound there. Um he had a total of 230 touches. And the two years following that, when uh, Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator instead of LaFleur, those touches went to 321 in 2019 and 397 in 2020, which is why I was really concerned about him after that huge amount of touches. Even last year, when he only played eight games, he had more touches than in 2018 when LaFleur was calling the plays. In eight games, he had 237 touches. At some point, you're, you're going to break down. Derrick Henry has tried to avoid it as long as possible. I respect him. I love what he does on the field. But at some point, give him someone. Give him someone to work in the backfield with. Why didn't you go sign Marlon Mack or someone in the offseason to put behind Derrick Henry? Because... uh Henry may be the king, but I think he needs a prince. You know, I think he needs a prince in that backfield to go with him. Uh, Derek, uh, any anything else that you want to add here about King Henry? Yeah, this is the banner year for Derek Henry. As the banner will read, the last time that he is a top 50 player in the NFL. Um, the king... He's, he needs to walk away. He He's not going to be the same player after this year. Um, I'm predicting less than 10 games played and uh, we'll have a not great year this year. Wow. Derek come with some spice. I love yeah, it. This is a little Derek on Derek crime here. Um, he doesn't know how to spell his name right, by the way. He needs to, to work on that. But... Um, yeah, no. So running backs are notorious for falling off. Um, he has had a, a bad enough injury. Um, and, you know, I've seen his gym trainings and, and he's still out there doing his his thing. But um, I really don't think that he is going to hold up this year. Um, he has had far too many carries and those NFL carries are uh, are, are very heavy. So, uh, Caleb, why don't you move on to our next, uh, we're two left on this list. Brody number 12. 12? Yes, that's right. We are at Brody number 12. We are starting it. We're getting that who day party going. Can I get a who day from everyone here on the podcast? Who? Hey. I only do Duvals. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All good. So, I'm talking about Jamar Chase, the electric wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, going into his second year. Last year, he put up 81 catches for 1,455 yards and 13 touchdowns. Crazy numbers, crazy awesome Jamar Chase. What you may not have realized is that this March, he turned 22. 
So he was 21 that whole time last year when he was just completely taking the league by storm. He's young. He's got a lot in him. I think he's got great chemistry with his quarterback, and he's going to come out and have another outstanding season. And the best thing about it, if you are a Cincinnati Bengals fan, is they're probably not going to pay him the big bucks for another two or three years. So you're welcome. You will enjoy prime young Jamar Chase with possibly not having to pay him a mega deal for a while. Um, Zach, let's go to you. Where are you as far as Jamar Chase is concerned? Yeah, Chase to me, I, when I do these rankings and you know mental lists in my head, I don't go. I, I'm not a stats guy. I don't go look at the you know how many touchdowns, how many catches. I just use my eye test, and sometimes that's a fault because you know sometimes you don't you don't watch every game, so you don't see every highlight. But man, when I watch Jamar Chase, like even the the highlights for him, like it's stuff that I've never really seen before. Just the speed that he has on the field. There's probably faster guys like, you know, yeah, Tyree Kill similar to him with his speed, but um, it's it's just insane to me how he can just all of a sudden just boom, just score a touchdown just like that. And you're like, what? What just happened? You know, you're still trying to figure it out. You watch the replay 10 times and you're still amazed at it. That's the kind of player that Jamar Chase is. Um, I think he's going to have a, an excellent season next year. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I, I want to see what defenses try and do to stop him, you know, possibly with safety help and other things. But to me, there is no stopping him. It's just slowing him down the best you can. I think Zach's saying he wants to see a defense build a blueprint to shut down Jamar Chase. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Please Hopefully I didn't steal. Is Derek, were you about to, to say something like that? Did I steal your, your uh, thunder again? No, no. This time I have my own thoughts. Um, thank you, Zach, for uh, for not stealing my thoughts this time. He's a very kind person, y'all. It's just this is why we bring him around. Is because he uh, he does not reach deep into your mind and steal uh, blueprints from your mind palace. I'm gonna go blueprints too, Caleb. Uh, so yeah, I uh, Jamar Chase is really good at getting lost in mistakes. So. Looking last year, much like Mike Zach, I will uh, I will say I didn't. I, his stats are great, but I like to I like to watch the guy, and and I didn't catch every highlight. So, um, but what I do find is those big plays where, wow, where did that come from? That was a forty yard, um, you know, touchdown pass or whatever. Is he gets the someone doesn't doesn't match. He gets uh, he gets passed. His guy and the safety is supposed to to help over the top, but he knows that. He knows that the safety isn't looking at him properly, and he takes advantage of that. So he's going. He's a very smart receiver, um, runs his routes properly for the the offense that he's in, and when he sees a mistake, he's on it. And you know, some guys will sit in the sit in uh, allow safeties to make mistakes, allow cornerbacks to to make that mistake and you know and not get open he's going to take advantage of it and that's what kind of separates him from some of the other receivers that are out there so let's move on to our final uh 
person on our list, and that is going to be Brody number 11. And we're just moving right down the line, and we're going to talk about his quarterback, Joe Burrow. Oh, in all of his nicknames that I'm not going to not going to say because I hate all of them. Uh, Joe Burrow out of the University of well Louisiana State University, I think I, yeah, I always get those those turned around. Um, national championship, uh, cigar smoking, uh, cocky swagger, and um, is worth everything that they put into him. Um, set out a year due to an injury. Um, had a flash of greatness when he got into the league. This last year, he took the league by storm and does not look like he has a knee injury. Um, you know, luckily, he was young enough when that happened that he was able to bounce back. It was still pretty scary, but he is slinging the ball to number 12, and that's uh, Lamar Chase, you know, number 12 on our list, Lamar Chase. Um, he has a good defense. He's got a, He's got a team that if they... They build uh, that they can be contenders for a while. And everyone knows that the quarterback position is the most overhyped, underperforming position on the field uh, times. Joe Burrow is worth the price of admission for any ticket or any any watching commercials on TV while watching a show. Um, He goes out there and... He is a magician with a football. I, I want to show you say many glowing things about Joe Burrow, but uh, let's move on to to Zach. Um, what do you think about Joe Burrow and uh, in uh, in the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, I I'm a big fan of Burrow. I I liked him at LSU. I like him in the pros. I you know I've always been high on the guy. To me, he has the clutch gene uh, that you see some. Uh, some quarterbacks have, some don't. Uh, that that speaks a lot. He's not necessarily, I think, going to have the best stats every year. Uh, he's got the weapons around him. Cincinnati's a very good team. They went to the Super Bowl. So he's got playmakers around him, which he didn't with his rookie season. If they fix the offensive line, which Kansas City showed you can fix an offensive line in the year, the, the Bengals have improved it. Uh, it should be better. I, I think the sky's the limit for Burrow. I think he's going to have another good season. People aren't going to be underestimating him. I think coming with that injury, people were possibly doubting him a little bit. But uh, the guy is so good, and he's he's going to just win you games at the end when when it really matters, you know. So for that reason, you know that 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 bumps him up my list. What about you, Kayla? What do you what do you think about Burrow? Before Caleb goes, does your crew on your podcast do they have the the clutch gene since they are the the clutch crew sports? We, yeah, so we we all actually were born with it because oh, okay. that's it's not a uh, acquired talent. You're either born with it or you're not. And uh, yeah, good observation, Derek. And uh, thanks for pointing that out. I didn't want to do it. You know, I'm pretty humble, but uh, thank you. Yeah, so everyone should listen to his Clutch Crew sports podcast uh, as well. Very informational. You you learned a lot from him on this podcast. Uh, just a, a shout out to him, Caleb. Please go ahead and give us your vast wisdom and in, uh, intelligence on the Joseph the Burrow. Um, I also do not like Joe Burrow's nickname, so thank you for calling that out, Derek. Um, what's there to say? Uh, I don't think that. Anyone saw this coming last year 
for the Bengals to come out, win the division, go to the Super Bowl. Um, we were right that they had a horrible offensive line. Joe Burrow got sacked more times than anyone last year, 51 times during the regular season, another 18 times during the playoffs, primarily courtesy of Jeffrey Simmons and a man named Aaron Donald, if you haven't heard of that guy. Um, just they've got to keep him upright. They've got to keep him healthy. If he's there, I think that we're going to be talking about him again next season. I'm curious to see how people attack him differently because I think they know you may get to him sometimes, but he's usually able to overcome that. It's not like you can just sack him and it's going to be like, oh, third and 17, Burrow's not going to be able to do anything. He'll find the last guy, Jamar Chase, or he'll find T. Higgins, very underrated receiver. Tyler Boyd's there. They brought in Hayden Hurst as the tight end because Uzama went to the Jets, which uh, going from Joe Burrow to Zach Wilson, talk about a downgrade. Um, to just interesting things there in Cincinnati. I feel like they've got a lot of good offense. I'm quite biased for their head coach, Zach Taylor, as a former Nebraska quarterback, that I want him to succeed. I want to see good things happen for the Bengals, especially because they're a franchise that just hasn't had a lot of good things happen. And they're not in my division like other cat-named franchises that have not had a good history of things. So if it's going to happen to a cat franchise that's on down on its luck, I'd rather it happen to the Bengals than, you know, a blue team i'm glad he put the, careful, the, the blue careful. part there i'm like down on the cat team is he really talking about the jags rude so a follow-up question are the jags considered a blue team or a green team zach i can't believe you even asked that question dude it's teal it, it, it's teal okay Blue, green, these are for other teams. It's teal in Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm saying which is teal more blue or more green? Oh, okay. I, I, I misunderstood your question. Uh, to me, it's it's more on the blue side, uh, but I'm not a uh, color expert. You know, that that's not my what my podcast is about, unfortunately. Okay, okay. Well, I'm 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 shutting this down. No arguing. It's a flag on the play, unsportsmanlike podcasting. Um, so let's go ahead and move on. Go ahead and shut this down before punches start getting thrown. I see you two, and the league office is going to talk to you. So we appreciate uh, you listening to us. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Zach. Uh, go ahead and listen to all his stuff at Clutch Crew Sports, and that's uh, his Twitter handle is Guac Foe. Life, F-O-G-U-A-C-F-O-L-I-F-E. Do not put the R in there. Once again, we've had this conversation. Uh, Anything else we need need to plug for you, you, Zach? We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, Thanks for, uh, if you go check out my stuff, we greatly appreciate it at Clutch Crew Sports. And uh, the only other thing I could ask is... uh, you know, watch Jags and Jets Thursday night football national TV in like week 15. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing to fall asleep to because they're two boring teams. Uh, so 
if you want to follow our stuff, uh, the people who uh, normally run this this podcast and have better teams like the Broncos and the Packers, uh, <laughs> we are at Brody Talk on Twitter and uh, our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Brody Talk, where you can find our Twitters, all of our links on there, um, merch link, stuff like that. Uh, Caleb, is there anything running this month that we need to talk about uh, for reviews or uh, anything like that? Uh, nothing specifically special this month, but if you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it, assuming, uh, as Derek would say, you don't put any naughty words in your review. Uh, we'll, even if you give me a one-star review, I'll still read it on there. I don't really care. I'm, I'm fine with it. Just I, I want some more reviews, please. Thank you. If you do put a nutty word in there, I will make up the preschool version of that word um, and uh, we'll laugh gingerly uh, at your misfortune. So on behalf of myself, I am Derek Rusnick, my co-host, Caleb Walgren, the on assignment, Sean Morgan, and our guest for did a great job, by the way, at uh, uh, and that's Zach Conger. Uh, do me a favor and have a wonderful day. For the cheetah and Eric, peace. Oh. <laughs> Zach, are you gonna say goodbye or anything? <laughs> uh, no, no, that I can't speak after that. That's okay. You know, tradition right there. <laughs>